This is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. I'm Bill Pollack. Glad you're with us. Walt Disney founded his first film studio in Kansas City. Cameron Connor is with Dan Veets. He's the president of Thank You, Walt Disney Incorporated. Here to talk about Laughagram Films, uh, a mouse that changed the face of the company and what the original studio is being repurposed for. Well, Laughagram was Walt Disney's first professional film company. He founded it in the spring of 1922, and it operated in what was then a new building at uh, 31st and Forest Streets in uh, Kansas City. That building was designed by Nell Peters, who is a very highly regarded and very famous uh, Kansas City architect now. And any any Nell Peters building uh, will have advocates for, for uh, preservation. Um, she designed a few hundred buildings around Kansas City, and many of them are still standing. At any rate, Walt, Walt started his company there uh, in the spring of 1922. He, he incorporated it, and the incorporation records are still in the Missouri Secretary of State's office. Um, he uh, raised money from local business people. The economy was good uh, in the early 20s, and he was able to convince local business people to uh, advance him some money to form this little film studio. And he got a contract to make short one reel cartoons. Uh, and, and he set to work doing exactly that. He, uh, he made about a half dozen cartoons, most of which still exist. And they're really very well done. They're, uh, in their time, of course, they're black and white, they're silent, but they are, they compare very favorably to the cartoons that were being made at that time in New York and New Jersey. That's where the film industry was, was centered at that point. And Walt uh, continued to, to uh, work. He hired several young men and women from Kansas City to work with him. And, uh, and uh, I think they had a lot of fun. Walt actually gave up his apartment. He worked so much that he figured, why am I paying rent on an apartment? I'll just sleep in my studio. And so it became both his home uh, and his workplace. The um, work that was done there was was very important to his entire career. It set the pattern for his career. The cartoons he made were loosely based on classic fairy tales and children's stories. Dan, what about live action? Didn't he have some sort of live action animation crossover or something? Eventually, uh, he made uh, what was his his last uh, film in Kansas City, and it combined live action and uh, animation. And that is something that he continued to do throughout his career as well, including one of his last and greatest films, Mary Poppins, uh, incorporates both live action and animation. So uh, Walt's last film here, uh, he called Alice's Wonderland, and it was very loosely based on on the Alice uh character that Lewis Carroll created, and a little girl from Kansas City named Virginia Davis portrayed Alice in these cartoons, and she remained a live-action character, uh, but her character would get conked on the head or inhale laughing gas or just fall asleep and start dreaming, and she would go into cartoon land. So then she would interact. As a live-action little girl, she would interact with the cartoon characters and the cartoon environment. Well, he sent that one reel of film off to the nation's foremost distributor of animated films, a woman named Margaret Winkler in New Jersey. 
and said, you know, you should give me a contract to make these these Alice comedies. And she was very favorably impressed with that film. Uh, Walt, meanwhile, uh, went bankrupt in Kansas City uh, and headed out to Hollywood. His brother Roy was already out there recuperating from uh, tuberculosis that he picked up during World War One. Uh, and that's probably the reason that Walt went to Hollywood instead of New York, uh, even though the film industry was just beginning to migrate to Hollywood, and there were no, there was no one making animated films in Hollywood at that point. But Walt went out there, and he initially looked for work as a director or an actor, but nobody was hiring kids from Kansas City to direct their films or even even have a significant role. Uh, as an actor. So his brother Roy said, kid, you better fall back on what you know how to do, and that is make animated films. So Walt and Roy um, uh, actually made the first Alice comedy that was that was created in Hollywood, the two of them by themselves. Um, meanwhile, Walt got a letter from Mrs. Winkler saying, uh, I like what I've seen. If you can get that same little girl that's in your first film uh, to star in the series, I'll give you a contract. And so on October 16, uh, Walt signed that contract with Margaret Winkler, and that is the official founding date of the Walt Disney Company. But its roots are very clearly deep in the Lapagram building and the Lapagram business. In other words, again, he made the first Alice comedy in Kansas City at the Lapagram studio, uh, and he began his correspondence with Margaret Winkler while he was at Lapagram in Kansas City. So the the actual signing of the contract happened in Hollywood, but all of the foundation for that occurred in Kansas City. And if you're tuning in late to this conversation, no worries. Just search Show Me Today wherever you get your podcasts. This is Show Me Today, The Voice of Missouri. I'm Cameron Connor. We're here with Dan Veets. He is the president of Thank You, Walt Disney, Inc., and we are discussing Laughagram Films and Studio. It was Walt Disney's first professional animation studio, and it's right in Kansas City. Didn't Walt Disney find the inspiration for Disney's most influential character in Kansas City? That is correct. Some people question that. But Walt Disney stated that in several interviews with major magazines in the early 1930s. After Mickey became a, a world-famous character, uh, he was the first successful uh, sound cartoon. Walt was always, uh, always open to innovation and new technology. And so he was the first filmmaker who combined sound with animation. And that's why Mickey became famous uh, almost overnight. And so... Uh, he said to many uh, reporters uh, when he was interviewed about Mickey, he said, well, back back in Kansas City, when I had my film studio there, they, I, I would sleep there at night and mice would come out. And, and my employees left their, their lunch uh, leftovers in a wire waste basket. So these mice would go into that wire waste basket and retrieve uh, the crumbs. And he said he began to put food out for the mice. He would he put food out, cheese, one assumes, uh, for these mice and tried to see how close he could get them to come to him. And he said one little mouse was braver uh, than the others, and that mouse actually became his pet and played on his drawing board while he worked and lived in a drawer of his desk at the Lapagram studio. And so five years later, when Walt had his uh, character stolen from him, in his view at, at least, um, he fell back on his little friend from Kansas City as the inspiration for the creation of, of what is almost certainly the world's most famous fictional character, Mickey Mouse. 
the young artists who worked with Walt Disney in Kansas City, who learned to animate from Walt Disney uh, in Kansas City, uh, began to follow him out to Hollywood. Uh, as I say, there was no one making animated films in Hollywood uh, before Walt Disney went there in the uh, late summer of 1923. So when his little company began to grow uh, and he needed more than just his brother's help to make these Alice cartoons, he called on his old friends from Kansas City to join him, and they did. The first one was Ub Iwerks, who is widely regarded as the greatest animator of his time and uh, an Oscar-winning uh, camera technologist, actually, uh, as well. Uh, and after that, he was joined by several other young men from Kansas City. And they later, some of them uh, left the Disney studio to uh, found Warner Brothers. Two, two young men named Hugh Harmon and Rudy Ising were the very first animators to work for Warner Brothers. And of course, Warner's is famous for Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Porky Pig. I mean, next to Disney, Warner's was the biggest animation operation that there was. In addition, those same two young men became the very first animators at MGM Studios. And their characters were not quite as famous, uh, but they were uh, a major uh, film uh, and animation uh, production operation. They also, along the way, they trained a couple of young men named uh, uh, Joe Barbera and Bill Hanna how to make animation. And so uh, and and then Frizz Freeling, also actually named Isadora Freeling, but Frizz Freeling uh, came out from Kansas City to join Disney, and later on Freeling became probably the single most important member of the Warner Brothers animation team. Uh, he was director uh, and a, a creative force at Warner's for decades. Later on, he left Warner's and he co-founded the DePatie Freeling Studio, which is most famous for the Pink Panther, but also several other characters. So when you combine Disney, Warner Brothers, MGM, Hanna-Barbera, and DePatie Freeling, that's almost the entire Hollywood animation industry uh, in the mid-20th century. <laughs> so, Dan, basically what you're telling me is that Kansas City is the birthplace of the most popular cartoon era. Of Hollywood, and yeah, we call it the cradle of Hollywood animation. And, and that's not an exaggeration. That's a very uh, defensible uh, assertion. But that's exactly right. And, and most people, very few people realize that. So that's part of our mission is to bring that uh, important historical information to a broader audience. Show me today. You've tuned in to Show Me Today, The Voice of Missouri. I'm Cameron Connor. We are continuing our conversation with Dan Veets, president of the Thank You Walt Disney, Inc., discussing the Laughagram Studio and Films, the first animation studio from Walt Disney. It's right in Kansas City. Dan, let's transition to the preservation of the building itself. What are all of the efforts that you've taken to do so? Just about 28 years ago, I was doing research on Walt Disney uh, in Kansas City at the Kansas City Public Library, and I realized that this building where his first studio operated uh, might still be standing. So I went over there, and by golly, I found that it was indeed still standing, but just barely. Uh, that building was actually on the demolition list. Uh, it was considered a dangerous building. Uh, much of it had uh, much of it had collapsed actually inside because when Nell Peters designed this building, she put uh, 
uh, it seemed like about a dozen skylights in into it. And skylights are great for illumination. They're great for artists, but they are a weak point uh, in a building roof. And so those skylights had begun to leak and over the decades uh, had leaked a great deal of water into the building, which caused parts of the roof to collapse, which caused parts of the second floor to collapse down to the first floor, and the building was really uh, in terrible condition. But we were able to uh, negotiate uh, its purchase from its owners. They were motivated because the city was going to tear that building down if they didn't repair it, and so they sold it to us. And we have been working since then uh, to keep it standing, uh, to make it safe, which we have to reinforce that building. It's no longer on the endangered or dangerous buildings list. Um, and uh, just recently, in fact, early this year, uh, we were uh, very thrilled when Congressman Emanuel Cleaver was able to get us a $2 million grant uh, from Congress uh, to save this building. That's been uh, supplemented by uh, effectively a $1 million grant from the state of Missouri. So our projected budget to completely restore this building and open it uh, to the public uh, is about $6.8 million. We are almost halfway there, but we are definitely still uh, raising the money to finish the job. It's crazy to think that if you would have maybe even stumbled upon that building a month later, it might have been gone. Yes, yes. In fact, after we bought it, we had no guarantee it would not be demolished, and the city would have uh, billed us for the uh, expense of having it hauled off to the dump. And, I mean, that was the risk the owners were taking, and the risk we took. I and uh, about three other people kicked in a few thousand bucks each, and and uh, bought that building, but the real risk we took was that it would still be demolished, and we'd be we'd be charged with the expense for demolition and hauling it off. But fortunately, the city understood the the uh, importance of it, the history of it, and they would threaten us from time to time. But <laughs> as long as they believed we were making a good faith effort to um, repair this building and make it safe again, uh, they were willing to hold off on demolition. Thank goodness. Now, our original our original support came from the Walt Disney family, not the company, but the Walt Disney family. His daughter Diane and her seven children uh, have a foundation, and they were the first significant supporters that we had uh, in terms of making a serious financial contribution. And the money they uh, gave to us was matched by local Kansas City construction companies and materials companies. And that was sufficient for us, again, to stabilize the building, to put some new steel framing inside of it, to put a new roof on it, uh, and to, and to uh, keep it standing. Again, it was just early this year that we uh, got our, uh, our most encouraging uh, support. And, and again, that was through the efforts of Congressman Emanuel Cleaver, who secured a $2 million grant for us uh, from Congress. You know, our building has been on the National Register of Historic Places since the mid-1970s, but contrary to what a lot of people think, that will not save a building. It, it's a nice gesture. It's a nice recognition of the historic importance of a building, but buildings on the Historic Register are torn down all the time, unfortunately. What is the vision and the plan for the studio to become? Well, the heart and soul of the building will be a reconstruction 
uh, as nearly historically accurate as we can make it of Walt's actual studio. The rooms he occupied on the west end of the second floor will be a recreation of his studio, including the the uh, film equipment that he used, the cameras he used. In fact, we have a camera that's nearly identical to the one that, that he used to make films uh, in Kansas City. Um, and so that's a very important uh, part of the plan is to reconstruct the Lapagram studio. But about the, uh, the other approximately three quarters of the building uh, will be dedicated to both uh, educational uh, efforts and uh, historic uh, exhibits. Uh, we will uh, we will be exhibiting some some very rare artifacts there and uh, telling people about the history of Lapagram and why it's so important to the history of not just the Walt Disney Company but of of Hollywood animation in general. And how about the timeline for it all? Well, we hate to we hate to name dates. We've been naming dates for 25 years that that didn't come to pass, <laughs> but we never had we never had the support that we have now. So, thanks to the efforts of some uh, retired executives from Hallmark and the Economic Development uh, Authority here in Kansas City, uh, we do believe that we will be able to raise uh, the balance of the money we need. Uh, and in the fairly near future, we expect that construction on the building uh, will begin as, as early as, uh, uh, as next spring. Whenever the studio is ready, do you see this as a resource and symbol for aspiring animators to visit? Yes, absolutely. That's a major part of our plan. Um, as I say, it, the uh, most of the building will be dedicated to uh, educational efforts uh, for young people and others. Uh, it will be a place that houses exhibits that tell the amazing story of Walt Disney's start uh, in Kansas City. Uh, it will also be a place uh, where uh, people can uh, learn cutting-edge techniques of digital storytelling. And so uh, that is absolutely a major part of, uh, of what this building will become. Uh, we will also uh, have a theater, a small theater lecture hall uh, in the building. Uh, we'll show some of the films that Walt made in that very building, uh, as well as other films that tell the story of his life and the life of, of iWorks uh, and the history of the Walt Disney Company. Uh, so that little that little theater space uh, will be very important. And we're working right now on an orientation film, a short 25-minute or so film that will give people the history uh, and the context, again, for why this building is so important, not just to the Walt Disney Company, but to the entire Hollywood animation industry. So film will be a big part of, of this project. All right, Dan Veets, president of Thank You Walt Disney Inc., talking about the Laughagram Films and Studio. Thanks for hopping on Show Me Today, The Voice of Missouri.